0: So uh, welcome to the Warrant Committee on October 4th. And so um, here in person, we have Jeremy, Newton, Steve, myself, Ed, Bob, and Christine. And then Amanda and Jill, if you guys can both just announce yourselves and say that you're participating remotely, that'd be great.
1: Sure, Amanda Hall, um,
0: participating remotely. And Jillian Raptor participating remotely. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. So we're going to um, jump around in what I had said we were going to do for the minutes so that we can give Nick his light back. So we're going to start first with the financial policies. So we're just tossing it right to Nick
1: no i think we were, we were leaving we had received some comments from people i think we're kind of leaving it to the committee to give us any comments or feedback so that we can take it back to the selectmen and work on a final semi-final
0: draft okay do you guys want so i know that if you have you at least had some comments do you want to just kind of run through them and then we can get general sure, consensus I
2: I'll, I'll skip all the edits but, um, <laughs> they have them we have Capital here. Anyway. So, one <laughs> of the, the, the major thing that I uh, wanted to put in was in uh, Roman numeral 2A1 the capital budget. And at least in my copy, it carries over, but it talks about committees responsible for reviewing all the estimates. And at the end of that section, there's a sentence where it says the uh, capital budget committee shall provide a rationale for each of the proposed expenditures including uh, included within the five-year capital budget. I added the phrase and its priority relative to other requests. This is not well thought through, but I thought that the capital budget committee should be tasked with developing a prioritization process. Um, it may be some sort of priority statement here. Um, my reference was the MMA financial handbook Uh, financial committee handbook that uh, provided um, several different uh, characteristics um, of what evaluation criteria might be. And I thought that the policy could call some of those out for the capital budget committee to thereby prioritize, having flexibility, thereby prioritize its uh, projects. I can circulate to everyone the sort of criteria that the handbook lists out but some obvious things, and maybe these are implicit in the committee's process, but risks to public safety or health required by federal or state law, deteriorated facilities, systematic replacement, improvement of operating efficiency, coordination of projects, equitable provision of services, and facilities protection and conservation of resources enhancement to economic development program. So that was one. Um, In that same section, there was uh, a statement that in case of an emergency that could not have been anticipated, if funds are available within the capital budget. Mm -hmm. So I had a full stop there. Capital budget doesn't have any funds, and I think there should be some reference to the capital stabilization fund. Um, Anyway. So my specific comment that I sent to you, Christine and Nick and Sharon, capital budget doesn't have funds, the stabilization fund does, which would need two thirds vote at town meeting for appropriation. Okay. Um, again, I, in um, section two, capital building maintenance plan, I call out the fact that, um, well, the statement is, sentenced, the plan will include estimates And I say, hey, I have priorities as well. Um, In the next paragraph of that scene, number two paragraph, talks about the permanent building committee. This may be a little redundant, but it says the 20-year capital plan will be submitted to the board for for selection for approval. This submission will include an analysis of the impact of the committee's recommendation um, that we'll have on long-term debt, et cetera. I was thinking that and maybe this is uh, too redundant that that analysis should be explicitly the responsible of the PDC, uh, the PPDC. So the analysis of the plant, permanent plant, permanent. It's a
0: tongue twister.
2: Yeah. Uh, building <laughs> committee uh, of its impact of its recommendation, something of that nature. Just tagging that with the responsibility. Um, in letter B of, I think Roman numeral two <coughs> of the municipal buildings capitalist stabilization fund paragraph one and paragraph through three are pretty redundant I think they could be melded into one and that third paragraph probably dropped they both talk about time used it and 1 million dollars of funds having been provided um whichever is the more you know, ful- fulsome disclosure should be kept um, they are, there's a definition of the or re, reference to the municipal facilities evaluation and capital plan. I was thinking that we should identify that as, I think, the 2017 uh, evaluation capital plan because it's not being maintained anymore. It's under, I think, a new name, um, whatever is developed by the director of the facilities. I'm not sure it's a new name, but that one that keeps being referenced was 2017, unless it's a living document. Um, and Just the first paragraph, the last paragraph, right above the letter C, capitalization funds, uh, I think is an old reference to, it needs the word municipal, mm-hmm. defining capitalist stabilization. Okay. Um, there's a note in C in the second paragraph. Note approval of withdrawal of these funds. Um, excuse me. Just above C, there is a note, parenthetical note. Approval requires two thirds in the municipal building stabilization fund appropriation. I was thinking that capital stabilization fund should have that same two thirds appropriation. So just cap- copy that down. Appropriations fund name. Then in reserves, um, I think it was in the second paragraph, we finally define what the reserves are, free cash, stabilization. So my style would be to call that out first. So that 3A begins reserves. And I brought the sentence forward, reserves shall include funds available in free cash, other reserve accounts and stabilization fund, but excluding municipal fund. And then go on to the goal of these reserve accounts is to, um, just stylistic. Um, free cash, here's a big one. Um, first paragraph The town strives to, um, but the town shall maintain a free cash balance of 2.5% expenditures. In the DLS um, document, I think you circulated that to us, Christine, about mm-hmm. free cash, dated February 2016 it says the technical assistance bureau tab recommends that communities understand the role of the role free cap free cash plays in sustaining a strong credit rating and encourages them to adopt policies on its use so here's the the kicker under sound financial policies a community strives to generate free cash in an amount equal to 3 to 5% of its annual budget so thinking that that was sound prudent uh, financial policy and something that we could aspire to. I begin the paragraph, whereas the town strives to generate free cash in an equal to 3 to 5% of its annual expenditures, the town shall maintain a free cash balance of at least 2.5%. And I know that that one is a debatable point. And finally, in the overlay section, this may be redundant, I end the last sentence that reads, um, the board of Select and request assessors vote to declare those balances surplus and available for use by the town to fund one-time expenses, transfer to stabilization funds, or to free cash. That's it. Okay. Anybody else? Have- I
3: have uh, just a my. Uh, if you could better explain to me. In the section, it's uh, under capital expenditures, capital budget, the very last paragraph in that section before you get to number two, capital building. They're talking about the emergency, you know, unanticipated capital expenditures. And if this were to be funded, um, the department would have to pay that back through their expense budget in the subsequent years. If it's a capital item, it's a capital item. <laughs> it's not. You so can't when I, was, pay when the I read your comment
1: today, and I went back and read it, I have to talk to Slav Markuji because I know he wrote that section, and I'm not sure exactly what he. Uh, Meant by that so let us review that with him we'll get back
0: I think I have an example in my head of what he probably meant I think I do too but I
1: didn't want to speak for him but go ahead
0: (laughs) well just going back um a year or two on the capital budget like there like there had been a time and um I'm thinking about the van right that got bought by park and rec that was like they had used their revolving fund to buy a van at one point and it didn't go through the capital budget but they just they had the revolving fund and they had the ability to use that that's my that was when i read that that's what popped in my head
3: i read that yeah you can pay for things out of your revolving fund correct Right. that's that's okay
0: right but i don't well and i don't and i honestly don't know if that van purchase i'm thinking about was before we had a capital plan Long before. Right. Yeah. So like that was the only thing that stuck out in my head was that like, you know, somebody did yeah. something like that. So I mean, I can't speak from when I read that, that's what I thought of. Yeah.
3: We'll
0: get a
1: clarification
3: from the Yeah. Side okay. okay. The only other minor thing is on the on the next one, under two capital building maintenance, one, two, third paragraph it says it is the intention of this policy that expenses included in the 20-year capital plan, et cetera there are no expenses in the capital plan i think you want to say capital expenditures
1: <laughs> and
3: then you have that same issue a couple of paragraphs down uh, on the paragraph that begins with the municipal building stabilization fund is authorized to fund expenses as long as we say capital expenditures we're keeping it apples to apples <laughs>
2: oh,
3: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and there may be other places that i missed with it oh, so. Not really yet, I and mean, we what is? It? I never got section H,
2: parentheses B. Yeah. It's two. It should be two. two. Oh.
0: Was that one of your typos that you yeah. didn't run through? Yeah. There you okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
4: I had I had one thing yeah. that maybe we need to talk about. So uh, on the financial forecast, mm-hmm. I thought we could add something that says you know. Starting with the fiscal year FY23, the town shall annually prepare a three-year forecast of revenues and expenditures for the general fund using appropriate assumptions. Um, and then this forecast will be updated yearly as part of the annual budget process. So not for this, you know, not, not you know, so as we go into the next budgeting cycle, that would sort of be something we would sort of start but i guess it's it's up for discussion I, I, that was my suggestion i i, I feel like I, that's I, been I, a I, goal I, for a long time and so yeah, we, we've, been,
3: it's,
1: we've been talking about it for a while and then maybe if we write it
0: it forces
4: us, us to do, do it
1: it's in the charter yeah uh, it's just not as detailed not in the charter.
4: yeah when i when I looked it looked like it just talked about expenditures but i could have not been looking in the wrong yeah. place but uh I agree. So that was—I know—that's something to, you know.
1: Let mm.
4: take it back to them. Take it back to them. Yeah. I—I um, yeah. I think we should have a three-year plan. You know, roll it out there, but I don't think it should be um,
3: part of the financial policy to have it. What, what I'm quite frankly, I'm afraid of is when you do that, once you get out into year three, it really, the course, ball gets increasingly cloudy. Sure. And. I mean, the um, same happens with capital as well. But you so think good, well, yeah. The, <laughs> mean, the, the reason I came up with it is in the DLS, you know, yeah. financial policy, you know, and it's not, It actually is in the charter as well. Like yeah, you have a five-year one. <laughs> I charter. think we should definitely so there reference. I think we, we do need to be included it included in the financial policies yeah. for you know, revenues, expense forecasts for the general fund operating budget. So I think you get into the problem though. Once you, once you go out, to even year two and three, you're going to say, all right, here's my expense structure. Here's my assumptions on revenue, 2.5% year and new growth, et cetera. And you see this deficit. Now, you start to say, how can I present that deficit now? We haven't even been into the detail yet, because we have to solve that deficit in year two and three. So if we're putting that out in year one, when we're presenting the current budget that does eventually balance, uh, it, it's like doing three budgets at once. And um, I don't know if I just think that's... I think it's we should do reason. it. I absolutely yeah. think we should do so it. So but I look at the budget in our years. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. not as detailed as the current budget, but it's not a bad idea to have a look at the budget. The oh, budget I, I budget, absolutely um, agree we, we should have it. Right? I just it's don't great. know whether... I okay. absolutely should have it, review it, and know it's coming down the pipe. Right.
4: Better than being surprised. Oh, absolutely. We don't We, we don't, don't need to solve those problems, though yeah um, yeah right so <laughs> it's, but it's nice to know they're there okay oh I, I'm a, so you have, to know. Know, you have know. to know it's there like but to know yeah. where the rattlesnake, yeah. isn't it yeah a rats, you know. so anyway that's that was my thought is that we should at least try to yeah, we'll take it
1: back i'm sure i have to
3: yeah. you I, I forwarded on to mm-hmm. um yeah, I have. You know, we talk about reserves, and there is a bit of a definition of reserves, but it's more about what's not a reserve than what is a reserve. You might want to be really explicit on what is the reserves and define that clearly in the policy. This, 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 this ABC. is this, uh, uh, you know, that general term reserves can be subject to um, debate. Um, that was that section on in the case of emergency, they could not have been avoided and anticipated uh repaying through um the department's operating budget in future years i question that mention that Um, we should we talk about the need on the capital plan itself that the funding source should be identified i I policy should also explicitly state that all items regardless of the funding source should be on the plan to begin with so you know thinking of things that might be purchased from a revolving Mm -hmm. fund Sure, that's a, a revenue source that, that is available for a department. But if it's a capital item, it should be on the list before purchase. Agreed. There is a bit of a discussion in the policy, which I think is great, about if there are alternative budgets presented in the warrant uh, report, that the impact on the town's financial policies must be discussed. Maybe there's an opportunity to include something about. Um, things that may not be in the warrant uh, report, but are brought up at town meeting floor to change the budget. Is there any mechanism that that those requests on town meeting floor need to be vetted or information provided to be consistent with the financial policy?
4: was so, there some language in there?
3: there, not, there, in there to the no okay
1: okay mm-hmm. i, I i've been spending the afternoon thinking about that since i got your comment yeah and the, i need i need to think about that a little more yeah um because i don't think you can require somebody who's speaking at meeting floor and making a motion to change it to be able to provide that information the they not have it right yeah they're but not going to have it I don't is there to...
3: something that could be triggered then at town meeting that you know administration <laughs> yeah i think we, information yeah i think we need convene or something
1: my guess is um well i guess it could go either way i was thinking of it in the aspect that if somebody made a motion to um you know increase our you know reduce our reserves but i'm thinking the other way it could go, the, we'll other go, we'll go, we'll go oh. the other way as well so i hadn't thought about that we were talking about. so let me think more about how we would do that logistically mm. yeah awesome. but i would say nine times out of ten if somebody's doing that we're going to end up not meeting our reserves if somebody's making changes to right. increasing budgets but
3: being yeah. able to call out fairly quickly right so if the changes that it doesn't meet the town's financial yeah. policies may help address that motion mm. Mm. There is a, a short discussion on the water and sewer uh, enterprise funds and their reserves, how they're separately uh, calculated. Um, it's related to the overall budget uh, financial picture. There is a significant revenue from the enterprise funds to the general fund by where the indirect expenses. Um, it seems that that should be in our policy or a policy on how those indirect expenses are calculated so that it's... Transparent, it's clear, we know where that's coming from. Is it it accurate? Then at the end, there's a section on OPEV, which it has a a starting number, and then it says the financial policies are are, there's a goal to increase 5% per year. Goal seems a little soft, in my opinion, maybe. We should consider or mm-hmm. something a little bit more some more teeth in it until it's fully funded and then just thinking about um you know we've, we've gotten requests or you know other folks outside residents have done their own calculations on the status of our reserves and meeting you know, our financial policy maybe it would be helpful to actually have a calculation a sample calculation as an that was going to be my show. session. Are we going to have an appendix? We, we, have have it. Okay. <laughs> we have it. attached.
1: have it attached. Didn't get sent <clears throat> to you. Um, but we do have that
3: attached as part of it. It's going to be like an and exhibit. It does go
1: out the the five years also, so you can see what we're looking at. Yeah, it was the in my I, I, yeah, I, I sent it to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it is in there, so you'll be sure. able to see
0: it. Yeah. I was going to I think I saw it on flash. It's found me on paper, but yes. Okay. No, no, we have it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. Does anybody else have any other?
3: Just one Just more thing is is it. When Jeremy was talking that 20% maintaining the reserve balance in the enterprise accounts at 20%. What it you know what happens in the year in which you can't do that? It falls below the 20%. There. Should there be any words in here saying what, what the next step is? And it requires there's a little not that areas, requires, but yeah. the, the Board of Water and Sewerage group, you know, they're responsible for setting the water rates and generating the revenue. Right. So they sh- they have some responsibilities in the mix. So I think that's probably why it's a little light yes. on that
1: here, Because they have the responsibility for that. And we're working on them on updating all of their financial policies for the Enterprise Fund uh, for the year
3: two project. But in my opinion, that revenue that comes to the general fund by, by
5: the indirects, just a big number. So I don't know this. So Jeremy, and your question on the old tech. Open, okay. Definitely. open, yeah. Increase. It was, I think it's five percent increase annually. That what they said. Is and it you the goal was, is yeah, five percent. It
1: was ten, and then 10, we dropped to five
3: based on yeah. But Goodluck Shining's quote goal is that a strong enough word?
4: For the word goal
3: or goal.
1: Increasing or goal. like shell, yeah. increase five percent yeah.
3: I
4: mean, the thing is, we we, we didn't do it a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: correct. I like, yeah. I like goal
4: yeah. flexibility. Yeah.
1: In 2020,
3: we have, Yeah. So, right, yeah. We well, have a, a lot of rules. I like goal. Mm-hmm. Because you need to keep, to keep yourself some flexibility. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. well, well, policy the, the, the policy
1: aid. gives the Board of Selectmen and the warrant Committee flexibility in that if you aren't going to meet the financial policy like we did in twenty one and we didn't do that, then you have to explain why. Right? Oh, okay. And yeah. tell them and you, have to, the so the you policy, have to explain it in the warrant or you have to explain, yeah, this is yeah.
4: why. Um, All right. Well, then maybe shall okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, I'll take it back to both of them. They're, they're still talking about the OPEP section, so. How uh, okay. did they
4: come up with the 500?
1: So it originally when we did the policy back in 2018, I believe it started at 425.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then it was the 10%. And this year, uh, Selected Mark you dropped it to 500. It would have been a 514 if we did the 10%. Okay. So we set the 500 uh, as the bar for the, the policy.
0: Okay. Does anybody else have any questions on the financial policy?
2: So while these are going to be compiled, we'll, maybe a new draft? Uh, we'll
1: today. have a new draft. Uh, this is we'll talk about. We'll send them some of the comments that have come in. We'll send that off to them. We'll have some more discussion, and we're hoping to have it in place, uh, and at least a select we'll vote on it by the 19th, and then we'll send it off to you
0: we can deal with it in January because none of us are gonna want to meet again after <laughs> I'm,
1: trying, I'm trying to I'm trying to get before you all
0: leave me in December. Okay.
4: <laughs> Too
0: funny. Okay, cool. All right. So um Nick, I think that you're being released back to your evening. Okay. So thank you.
4: For yeah, doing good, this. Night. Okay. good night. Okay. All right.
0: Um, why don't we do the uh, first couple? I think we have two sets of minutes. I know. I know. I know. I know. Where is it? I think we have two sets of minutes, right?
2: I sent her online very late.
0: I saw that. Yeah. Did, did people get a chance to look them.
2: at Newton's yet? If not, we can do those next I, time. I looked at that. Yeah, yeah?
0: yeah. Okay. All right. And then um, Jill's minutes went out last night, too. So the two sets of minutes we have, and the dates are. My mind's not working super great today. Um, the 23rd. I believe whereas the date of Jill's um, minutes. minutes and the date of Newton's minutes for the twenty eighth right? Thats right. So um, does anybody have any comments or questions on the twenty the minutes from the twenty third? How about the minutes from the twenty eighth we good with those two? All right. We could probably just vote them on them together then to have
2: so I have a motion. I move that the minutes of the meet the work committee meeting of the 20th September 23rd 2021 and the meeting of September 28th 2021 be approved as submitted. Second, all right. Yes. So, yes, obviously, yes, yes,
3: <laughs> yes,
0: yes, and then Amanda, yes, yeah. and uh, Jill. Okay, I'm a yes, too. So then we have minutes. All right. So um, before we dive into the Q&A, um, I guess I have two quick things to say about it. If the Q&A is very long. And so for those at home that are watching, if you want to read along with us, they are posted as materials attached to the agenda. So if you want to, you can go to the Agenda Center. You can click on tonight's agenda, and it has all of this Q&A there. Um, But before we dive into it, I just wanted to make um, a public apology to uh, Erin Watson, who is a teacher over at the Wheelock School. She had wanted to come to our meeting with the educational program that we had, and she had sent me an email earlier that day and had asked me to read it. Um, on her behalf. And I unfortunately did not see it before the meeting. So I told her that I would read it tonight. So I'm going to do that real quick. So so again, this is from Erin Watson. It says, speaking as a longtime Wheelock school teacher, 26 years, I'm excited for the Dale Street students and staff for the opportunity to have a new building. I was invited to early meetings years ago as a third grade teacher representative when they were still deciding what the configuration of the school would be three, five or four to five. I was impressed by the work of the committee and the experts who shared their knowledge of the design ideas. When the configuration decision was made, Wheelock representatives no longer went to these meetings. The staff of Dale Street continued on with parents, community members, administrators, etc. There was recently a post on the Dale at Dale site on Facebook that shared a part of an email referring to a letter in support of Dale at Wheelock signed by many teachers. The email states, quote, the letter was not endorsed by nor does it represent the view of the Medfield Teachers Association, unquote. And that is true. We have not pulled our entire rank and file to get their input. It does not affect teachers at the other schools unless they live in town and are taxpayers but it specifically mentioned that the building reps for Dale Street did not sign the letter. Having spoken with the building reps this week, they shared with me that they did not sign the letter because they do not live in Medfield. They have no problem with either option and will be happy at either site. It was not because they were against Dale moving to Wheelock site. As a teacher at Wheelock, I don't expect to have input into a school that I will not be working and teaching in. This does not mean I don't have thoughts or opinions about where the school should be. As a teacher, my first instinct is to ask what would be best for kids. And I honestly think that it is building at the Wheelock site. Trying to build on the Dale Street location while teaching and learning there would be extremely hard for students and staff. After the past few years and the repercussions of COVID, I would hope trying to alleviate these interruptions would be a priority. I think the kids deserve it. As an educator, I also like the idea of having a campus school here and having shared staff and space. I think there are a lot of advantages to that. The design utilizes open space in new ways that would benefit both schools of students. I would like to clarify that I think that the email that was posted was a tactical move on the part of the Dale at Dale campaign to make the voting public think that teachers are afraid to voice their opinions that is not the case. I am currently the new president of the Medfield Teachers Association, and I am not speaking on behalf of the union. I am speaking on behalf of myself, a long-standing teacher in this town who hopes the people will take this into consideration. Signed, Aaron Watson. So I apologize again for being behind on my email. Um, And so I think that potentially, I know we don't have the minutes yet for the teacher meeting, but since she had asked for it to be requested, I was thinking that maybe we should attach it to those minutes when we get to those. So I think we'll probably have those minutes for next week. Okay. So um, I guess to give everybody a little bit of background of what we're gonna try to read through and talk about as needed is that thankfully, um, I guess people use the Warrant Committee at medfield.net <laughs> email address to ask questions. Um, this is a compilation of questions that went there. Um, some questions came into my personal, either personal email address, either before or after we had it set up. So I wanted to have those included. And then we also included um, there was questions that were typed into the Q&A on our meeting on the 13th of September um, that we ran out of time answering. So those are in here. And then at least one of these was from the um, Dale at Dale session we had on the 9th um, that was basically something that asked us to follow up on something. So um, I put that in here. So um, I think that for the most part, um, I've asked Steve if he'll kind of go back and forth with me on these so I'm not sitting here talking Mm -hmm. for. An hour and a
4: half. That's a It's a lot for one
0: person. I did bring a water <laughs> and I did bring chocolate. So I might eat some chocolate while Steve is talking.
4: We'll see how that goes.
0: Um, and so, but I think, Steve, that what we'll do is um, because basically everything that goes into the warrant committee email address is public um, information. So it's similar to standing up and giving feedback at a public forum where you have to state your name and your address. So I think that we'll read that and when it came through. And um, I think in some cases we may paraphrase, and in some cases we we won't. I think it will just kind of depend on the question. So, um, and then I'll just kind of like look up at you guys in One case question. you want to talk about them.
5: When you you say this this answer, these this each individual has been answered.
0: They have not been answered yet. So this is as I kind of put on the bottom. It's a draft working copy. So uh-huh. what um, if someone already received? a partial answer that's in here, the rest of them are not. So what, um, what the plan or the thought process is, is that we'll walk through these tonight. And then if anybody here has anything that they think we should add or edit into the answer, we'll put that into there. And then um, it should be pretty easy enough for me to go back into the Warrant Committee email and copy and paste these and send them to those people and let them know that they that we went through it tonight because that was at least everybody will be posted i think that what we'll do is um because what i had said to newton on the minutes is that for the most part this is going to be the minutes minus whatever else we might add so that Minton doesn't feel like he has to retype
2: <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> <Here's the link. laughs> yeah, exactly
0: yeah i think that that's exactly what we'll do so um yes Good. right yep. and yes. i know that um some of you have participated in these answers a lot of these answers are links to different meetings where we ask these questions for people so um I was not interested in trying to re what somebody else told as the answer. I think people should just go and, and see it source. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sources. was the
5: intent, too, right? To right. Well, that
0: was the intent, because some of these questions, when we get to them. Those
5: documents were possible. Right. Yeah.
0: So there, there are some in here where there's more verbiage that... Um, when we get to those like some of these emails we sent to Mike Quinlan and asked Mm -hmm. him for answers and he provided responses um and I did send this to Mike Quinlan yesterday and asked him to read it because I didn't want him to be misquoted anywhere so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he blessed this is we did not misquote him so (laughs) and hopefully he still agrees with that after we've finished okay so with all of that being said, oh, and then I do want to say um, anybody out there that has more mm-hmm. questions, I am going to actually set a deadline of this Thursday to send questions that you expect to have answered because um, as much as I love in my heart to help all of you, it needs to end at some point. So um, if people want to send Emails up until end of day on Thursday this week. That will give us one week to be able to get more answers before we finish this on the 14th. So does that sound okay for everybody? Um all right. So with that being said, so the first um, one on the list is from August 21st from Chris mchugh at 7 Kerr Street. This was simply a suggestion to add the master planning information to our fact documents. um, And she provided two links. Um, Both of those were added to the website on the first night that we did that. And I'm going to let you do the next one because you know the field answer.
4: Um, So the next question is from Susan Buckley at 60 Millbrook Road, sent in on August 27th. Warren Committee, I've attended several building committee minutes via Zoom. While I agree a new Dale Street school is needed, I have some concerns about the Elm Street location and the future of the old Dale Street building. Uh, And she lists out each of her concerns. So the first one is... um, if the premises having the four grades c- close to each other, close to each for ease of professional collaboration, was the possibility of having the schools physically joined, explored? Um, and uh, the answer to that is that uh, um, uh, Susan, yes, thank you. We, uh, physically connecting the buildings would necessitate bringing Wheelock up to current code which is a much more expensive project and not one that the uh, SBC felt the town would support. Um, And uh, this was also asked at the Warrant Committee subcommittee meeting with the SBC on August 31st. Um, The next question was uh, regarding installation of artificial turf. Uh, She mentioned that on a Zoom call, it it was mentioned was made of installing artificial turf to replace one of the fields. Uh, that the new building would be sited on at a cost of two million, um, and the answer to that is there. At one point, they were considering artificial turf fields, but there are there are no artificial turf fields in the plan, uh, and there are currently two multi-sport grass fields at the Wheelock site. Each one is approximately sixty-nine thousand square feet for a total of one hundred thirty-eight thousand square feet. The proposed plan. The elementary school at Wheelock site would eliminate these grass fields, and the plan is to build a new replacement high school size soccer lacrosse grass field of 86,000 square feet, and the cost of that new replacement field is $951,993, including all site work, topsoil irrigation system, sports grass field, and it's already included in the project budget that's been submitted to the MSBA. this issue was also covered at the SBC by the SBC at their community forum on September 22nd. Uh, so take a look at that video replay. Uh, the next question was on traffic and sidewalks. And that um, uh, she at the Zoom meeting, a slide showing the three roads, Noel Wood Cross and Stephen, with one way traffic did not list hours that they would have, would have limited through traffic cross street should have a sidewalk like the all other adjacent roads probably most important to me um, so on the the sidewalk on cross street that was uh, explained along with the other traffic mitigation proposals at the subcommittee meeting with the sbc on august 31st and and there is a uh, another there's an analysis of sidewalks that's being prepared um AND WE'LL TALK ABOUT THAT AT THE NEXT MEETING, I GUESS, THE OCTOBER 14th MEETING. Um, AND THEN THE LAST QUESTION SHE HAD WAS ON DALE REUSE. Um, WHAT'S THE FUTURE OF THE OLD DALE STREET BUILDING? WHAT ARE THE COSTS OF KEEPING A BUILDING mothballed AND DEMOLISHED? PARKING Rec IS FREQUENTLY MENTIONED AS A POTENTIAL TENANT. WITH THE COSTS OF KEEPING A BUILDING OPEN FOR A SMALL COMMUNITY MAKES SENSE. THE SCOPE OF THE uh sbc should include not only building a new building but what's left behind when they do uh uh, so uh yes as everyone knows the issues with the dale building uh, as well as future uses uh we dedicated a complete uh, meeting to that on september 23rd 2021 and the replay is available Uh, permanent building committee is the one that uh, includes the scope of all permanent buildings in medfield and the school building uh, committee was only created solely with regard to this particular project on the school. Uh, and again, we're still completing the analysis of the cost, and that will be discussed at the next meeting. All
0: right. And then um, I should probably say we're just we're jumping around a lot in topics, but that's because we're just doing these in the order that they were received
4: yeah Just go and the earliest ones we've got are the first one we're talking about
0: right and i was trying to figure out how to do it by topic but i didn't want to disconnect people's emails yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah order in which they received okay so the next one it is from august 28th from lauren Lilligren at 83 south street um and so, what she says is, as a person living very close to the center, I'm particularly interested in the disposition of the Dale Street School and the estimated cost of the taxpayers. To be clear, if the new school passes and all goes well, June of 2024 ish, the building will no longer be a school. What will it be? What will be the costs? What will be the maintenance costs? Um, and so, same answer that Steve just Gave, we did a session on that on the 23rd, so hopefully that provided her her answers and we'll get that information
4: on the 14th. Um, Um, The next question is from Tom Powers at 24 Elm Street, sent in on August 30th. Uh, Tom would like to request that the Warrant Committee address the issue with the proponents of this proposed school at the Wheelock site. If constructed, it appears that the project will push dog walkers toward the center of the well protection district, literally towards the wellhead, as I understand it. Every day, many dog walkers walk at lock and are happily letting their dogs roam free without the constraints of legally required leashes. This leads to much of, much of the dog waste being left on the ground, as their owners claim, oh, I didn't see it. Um, and he talks about the toxicity of uh, dog waste to our drinking water. Um, and uh, so I think this this particular one was actually asked that we had this before we had the, our our meeting on the 31st with the SBC. And it was it was asked and, and discussed at that meeting um, on August 31st. Um, and it's I think it's around 45 minutes in is the it's the timestamp on that. Um, and then also. Uh, there will be a conversation on water that's scheduled for October twelfth, and the attendees that are going to be attending that are Maurice Boulay, the head of DPW, Bill Harvey, Water and Sewer, Mike Quinlan, the chair of the SBC, and then consultants from Niche Engineering and Environmental Partners.
0: And so that is a newly um, scheduled meeting that we haven't had a chance to talk about but a lot of these questions had to do with water and um we also had gotten a couple of requests from um in our some of the emails from these to be able to have mo come and to talk to some of the consultants so um i spoke to bill harvey and um he very much welcomes the water and sewer board doing that so all of those people were available on the 12th so we will do that, um, and that is our last planned conversation. Um, okay, and then the next.
4: You want me to do this one? Too I was going to say yeah, because well,
0: the next like yeah. four or
4: There's five questions them are them.
0: all from Tom Powers.
4: Yeah, they're all from Tom, Powers. and they all
0: have to do with water. So, or most of them have to do with water. Yeah, a lot so. of them
4: are. I mean, the the uh, this one. Um, he says we're very concerned about the proximity of the proposed development to the town's water supply. We just voted to pay $12 million to fix our town wells, which happens to be at the proposed site. Um, and he, he talks about the water and sewer board member. I guess it was Bill. I Harvey, think it was Bill Harvey, yeah. Harvey, yeah. Who uh, uh, spoke at the town meeting uh the, and he refers to him as the gentleman from the water suit board appears to misremember and therefore mislead taxpayers on the 40 at the 41 second mark saying the proposed project would impact would not impact aqua, impact yeah. the aquifer and we we um we addressed this specifically i reread the quote from the town meeting at the august 31st uh, meeting uh so that's covered in that video um and uh, you know the same comment about the water uh, the, the water topic that we're going to be discussing on October 12th. It's also there. Now the next one uh, we got quite a there were quite a few questions this is the first time it comes up but there were a lot of questions around cost of uh cost of the school uh, and using sort of uh, uh, a, a per grade metric uh, and then um, there was also an analysis sent in by Tom uh, when the Dale Dale folks came to our session, um, and where he had done his own analysis based upon information from the SBC website. So I thought we well, maybe just take some time and, and go sure. through that because uh, I've looked at what he did, and um, I want to just make sure everybody you know understood what I did. This, this first slide is, the, uh, is what he handed us. Uh, and this is his comparison of uh, the total cost figures from the MSBA. And he has, um, I don't know, maybe like nine, nine towns on here, uh, including Medfield. Um, and what he's done is he has taken uh, the Medfield construction cost uh, of $82 million. Uh and he's compared it to the construction cost of all these towns. So the one of the one of the observations I had was this, that,
0: and this is Tom's, right? This
4: is Tom's Tom. analysis, yeah. So this first one on top is it's uh it starts out with Medfield and then Millis and Triton, Marlboro Lexington. That's Tom's analysis. Mm-hmm. And that that particular one, you know, he's got on here the Medfield column of he's got the eighty-two million dollar number, and he's comparing it to construction costs for all these towns. So one of the issues is that the eighty-two million is not construction costs; that's the total project cost. Okay, so that, that was sort of the first thing I noticed. He the other second thing I noticed is that the, uh, the construction costs that he he put on here were the bid the final bid cost. Okay. And so um, they are from the MSBA website, they are the, the big costs, and, I, and I, I'll I show you where, where those numbers come from in a minute. Um, so those were the, the two big observations I had. Then I put together this this sheet here, it's like a two pager. Excuse
2: me before going. Yeah. The big cost that you pulled from Millis from through where? Those are the construction costs, not total
4: project costs. construction costs. Whereas right. you
2: contrast that to the 82 million total, total yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, so that's, an, apples to orange. that's an apples
4: to orange comparison. He's taking the, okay. the full project cost of 82 and comparing it to just the construction cost. Okay, okay. And then the other uh, second item is that he's using the bid, the bid numbers instead of the schematic design uh, estimates. Estimate. So these these are the two sources that I use. They're they're the MSBA reports. One is the schematic design uh, estimators. These are the December twenty twenty you know uh, reports right off the MSBA website. These two. Yeah, the one of them is is the uh, estimate at schematic design, and the other one is the bid results. Okay, they're both from the MSBA website, and so. Since we haven't gotten to the the bid phase, um, I thought using the schematic design numbers was a better better apples to apples apples comparison, Uh, and I'll show you why in a minute. But basically, so this is is the revised sheet that I did. It's basically, uh, it's got just the design enrollment, uh, the square feet, the total project cost, and the construction cost. So you so you can see for Medfield our construction cost was 64 million. Right? And then the math is just the math. The cost, construction cost per square foot and construction cost per student. So these are just right off of the, you know, they're right off the spreadsheet that's on it. It only includes new construction. So um if it's a ad reno it's not on here, but that would be an that would be an MSBA, you know, summary. Uh, it just includes new construction, and then um, it also, it only goes from 2016. This, even though this spreadsheet goes back to 2012, so the MSBA database looks goes back to I guess 2014. Excuse me, and um, so that's what that is, um, and that's just the so it's just the source documents. Right, it's right from the MSBA website. You can tie all the numbers back. The next one is the MSBA bid results. And these you can tie to Tom's schedule. So you can see, you know, these nine or 10 schools he has on here, the construction costs come right off of the bid result um, MSBA document. And the,
2: the sample, not, not sample, but the population in both documents. It's the same, yes. same schools. You, yeah, well, same some of some in two different stages.
4: Yeah, except some mm-hmm. of them, there's more in the schematic design phase because they haven't gone out the bid. okay. Yep. So you'll 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 find more schools there than you will in the bid summary phase. Yep. So this schedule is um, the last schedule is just the um, the analysis of the differences between the schematic design and the bid results. So you can see it just about in all cases except a very small difference for one of them lexington they were always the, the bit numbers were always lower than the schematic design numbers so um, that's why i thought it was important to use schematic design because we, we haven't gotten to the bid phase yet so you know sort of apples to apples we got to look at schematic design estimates right. uh,
2: I meant yeah, to, to throw a monkey wrench in, and I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Do, do we know um, the number of grades in these schools being built? No. Are some of them like they're neighborhood all, schools that might be one through eight or something? They're all elementary. Yeah.
4: So there's no middle or high school in these mm-hmm. in this analysis. And and Tom Tom I was going to say
0: Tom put on his Tom
4: didn't only had elementary. So that's that's the population deal. But I I do not know the the grade levels. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you could find it in the. Um, it's in these database sheets, but i I didn't think it was. I mean to me, the, the students and the square costs were the important you know, data points. so so the other things that I did not address that's in his analysis um, was sort of town populations and tax uh, I guess he has. Housing? uh he has uh, what did he have he has uh no i guess he just has um
0: so he did cost per resident
4: cost per resident yeah so i didn't do that um but because i i think different towns have different tax burdens and they may they may be wealthy towns they may not be you know i, I think that's sort of a, a subjective type analysis so um so anyway, rate so that that's what i did and that's this the sheet is what you know what it resulted in you can see that there is you know um, so to sort of you know i think tom based on his analysis he did he concluded that we were the highest ever in you know for all you know history basically you know and so i think what this shows is that you know we're not the highest ever um, even going back to 2019, towns like uh, Amesbury and Westboro were, and that's that's like two years ago, so they, they were higher than us,
1: uh, uh,
4: construction costs per yeah. student. Um, and so, and the recent projects uh, in Westwood and Wellesley are higher than us. Uh, those are 2021 projects. So and then obviously you can see the farther you know the farther you go back the, the the cheaper the schools are but there's even one here in 2018 that was 122,000 per square foot which is Manchester Essex so
0: well, Tisbury Chisbury is 132
4: per student Tisbury, yes yeah Chisbury right,
5: right. well it's, it's an important point there that you know inflation. So when you yeah. compare 2022 right. to 2017, you're going to find, uh, you know, I mean, I, you, one could look at it, but it, you, I think the most, if we can get more recent comparisons, like what you've done, you know, yeah. so, so 2020, 2020, 2021 and 2022 costs comparable in this process, Yeah, to me, would be more meaningful than trying to go back to 2016, 2017, because you're going to be, Inflation is gonna be yeah, and you can see
4: that the cost per square foot just keeps right. going up every year. So it's, it's and then and in
5: the and in the Medfield School Building Committee's number, inflation is built into it. 5, yeah, five percent per year. So they're projecting right that
4: so that right. yeah. makes it right. very challenging. It's, it's, yeah. So that that's you know, um that's it, but there is, you know, you can see there are fluctuations, right? I mean. Um, you know, depending on how people, um, uh, you know, and and you can see here that some of some of these low ones, like you look at Born, well, that that went out under a DBB process and came in, you know, significantly less, so there's.
0: Well, I was going to say, your, the sheet that you did here that you called that whether or not it was the DBB or the CMR. Right. And when we talked to um, Mike last week, he talked about the fact that CMR is generally more
3: right. expensive. Yes. Okay, because it takes risk. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah.
0: Didn't he say it was like 5% more expensive to do mm-hmm. CMR? Was it that something like that? So, yeah, I think so, yeah. That's what he said. Right,
2: yeah. Yeah, so um, I think he would have qualified that to say at the outset. Right, but there might be some savings, timeliness,
3: et cetera. Right, right, right. I think one of the interesting comments I thought he made in one of his presentations was that the larger the square footage of the building, the lower the cost, obviously, per square foot, because so many of the costs are fixed. If you have a a gym this big and the lighting is X amount of dollars, you can add a little more square footage to the gym without any incremental cost of lighting. So right. the cost per square foot goes down. There's many examples of that. So right. even even the even that metric, which is one of the metrics we use, you really have to understand the numbers behind it. Well, it's because
0: you can see that right here on the Westwood and the Wellesley one, because the Westwood building is bigger. Right. It's bigger than ours, but it's smaller in enrollment. So like if we're doing a 575, they're only doing a 560. Our building's ninety five thousand. Theirs is one hundred and thirteen. So nice. when you go all the way over, their cost per square foot sure. is smaller, but their cost per student is higher.
3: Right. Exactly. All right. So you have to
4: peel the onion. Right. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Steve, for putting this together.
4: Yeah. So, um, and I just want to take some time to go over that there because there's quite a few questions we will right. we'll see on. Um, somebody picks up the school that was done five years ago or whatever, it's, I think this is a fair analysis of what people should look at.
5: I I think it's also important that the the categories are, in addition to the comparability, and I think as we go through and talk to Mike in the school building committee group, you know, understand why each one of these is is what it
4: is. Yeah, that's a good point. And i because Mike Klingland has an analysis um that doesn't go back quite as far as the one I did. But his has a few more data points on it, like was it a net zero building? Or um, oh, yeah. I forget some of the other things. I
0: was gonna say I think that's in the QA later because Renee yeah, asked yeah. a question.
4: Yeah, that and is in the QA. Yeah, we'll get actually, It's actually on the website too. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, let me go back to Tom's question here. So then, uh, is there anything else on the cost side of those numbers or? No. Okay.
0: And I actually just want to say, Jill or Amanda, if you guys ever want to say anything, just jump in and talk over us because the OWL actually prefers people on Zoom versus the people in person. So <laughs> if I'm not looking at you and you want to say something, just start talking. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: You have to get your
0: own- <laughs> <laughs> The only thought I had... The only question I had on the analysis, and um, this comes up a bit, and I don't know if we address it somewhere else, but I know we have the enrollment numbers on that document, Steve, which is great. This is a great look. Is it possible, um, and does it make sense to look at how many grades that represents? You know, is it more of a neighborhood school and it's, you know, K through five, or is it just um, similar grade configuration?
4: Yeah, I would say... The chances of these being like a four or five grade configuration is probably very small. I would, I, I can, he's got, them. he's got them there. I was yeah. going to say
0: on all of the ones that are on Tom's, Tom has that. So we would just have to grab it he's for got, the ones that
4: yeah, Steve added. It, it's there. We could put it on there. Um, we, we've got, we've got that information. I think that, um, I mean, do you, if you, I guess I assume that the cost per grade was not a good data point. For well, us. that's great.
1: I I think uh, it's okay. more
0: like informative. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say, cause uh, that's why I
4: didn't put it on. Cause I didn't think it was right. Now. It's not yeah. a regular, right?
0: Well, and we had asked that question of Mike Winland on the 31st and he talked for a while about the due grade versus cost per student. Um, yeah. And not trying to paraphrase him Cause I know that was part of our answer here was that people could watch the 31st, but I feel yeah. like he had, I think he had recommended a cost per student or a cost per square foot. Yeah,
5: right.
4: Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the on the modulars. Um, so this
0: is just to clarify, we're all still on the same email from Tom Powers.
4: Yes. Yes. The August 30th email. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He has a bunch of different ones on August 30th. Yeah, there was probably like five or six.
0: So the there's,
4: yeah. um, so on the <laughs> modulars, um, he talks about uh, there's a bit of a disconnect with what we're told the taxpayers have to bear these costs because the children of today do not do well in module classrooms. And that the trauma moving from Wheelock to Dale is too traumatizing. Generations of our children did just that. I've asked several of those students and no one remembers any problems with the module classrooms or the trauma of the transition. Please get to the bottom of why they were allowed to go this far with the project. Um, so The modular discussion uh, was um, that was discussed at the uh, educational program subcommittee meeting Mm -hmm. on September 29th is sort of what we're going to point Tom to. And then there was another question, and this one I'm not going to spend too much time on because we did cover this in in detail at the uh, subcommittee meeting with the SBC. He had sent in some town GIS um, pictures, and um, you know, was um, had some comments about you know building in a, a you know a well protection district. And I think we you know in, in that meeting uh, on the thirty first with the SBC, we went through all of that and discussed that. So I think that's fairly well covered there. Uh, then on uh, he has he has some other you know things that he talks about around water and um, you know I think in the last meeting we had we you know where we talked about I I talked about some adding some additional documents to the website around what the schematic design calls for um, and the actual design of what they're trying to do uh, at the site with. Um, uh, with the stormwater drainage system, Uh, you know, though obviously those are designed to improve the the current conditions Um, and uh, it's going to address both the quantity, rate, volume and quality uh, which would be constructed for the new school and parking lot and it's going to meet all state local federal regulations and require quantity and quality mitigation measures. Uh, and then the, adding the, the mass DEP approved stormwater systems to not only the new building but upgrading the existing parking areas will result in an increase in water quality for stormwater that's recharged into the ground by bringing the entire site up to current codes and best practices. Um, so that. Um, the last question I, he had was on the, uh, given an oil spill has taken place at the site, apparently it is entirely possible. So it is dangerous to ignore that possibility. Um, and that issue was addressed at the SBC meeting. Um, there was a letter that was produced um, and we put it on our website uh, about that particular oil spill. And the uh, cleanup efforts that were undertaken um, around that uh, back in uh, 1988, I think it was. Um, and then uh, and the other comment is oil spills are not a future risk due to the new building being designed as an all-electric building and the existing Wheelock site school. the existing Wheelock school is being heated by natural gas. And there are no planned uses of any petroleum products at the new elementary school, as stated in the August meeting. So I think this next section is just the same stuff, um, you know, around oil and oil spill, and then um, the water water issues. So I.
0: Right, and he sent us a PDF from a Boston Globe article about road road salt. Road salt, right. so again, it's the all the same questions over again. So yeah. the answer for that are the same ones that um, you just went through. And again, we're going to cover all of that again in immense detail on the twelfth too. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. So this next one is really long. Should I?
4: Will you split it
0: up. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> um okay so this is a a really long one so this is on um so on september 1st um renee howley at three harding street um sent us several different questions so i think that maybe what i'll do tell me i'll read the first paragraph and i'll address those maybe. Um, So I want to thank you for your thoughtful comments and questions during the meeting regarding the new school replacement project. I appreciate any and all efforts to make sure it's cost effective. Um, Mr. Murray is totally correct that there are people who will not be able to afford to live here if the proposal stays as is. There are many options that can be investigated to lower the cost of the school. I hope the Board of selectmen and Warrant Committee do a deep dive into what is extraneous in this design. There are $25,000 for log benches, butterfly houses, rain gardens, walking paths, outdoor classroom space um, that just do not add to the educational benefits as a cost benefit analysis, outdoor classrooms, question mark, um, teachers barely have time of the day to get through the curriculum now, how are they going to be able to do that with outdoor time? So how about I stop there and we answer that one? Why don't we do that? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so we, the question about the outdoor classrooms and those things were covered on both the September 8th meeting that we had with the school committee and the September 29th meeting we had on the educational program. Um, and then we have some additional answers that were provided to us by uh, Mike Quinlan, the SBC chair. So he said, with regards to the log benches, um, they're for the outdoor classroom, similar to what is shown um, in a photo, which I'm noticing that I missed putting in here because photo didn't come over. But he said they do not cost $25,000. They're carrying an allowance of $15,000 for those. These would be where kids would sit in the outdoor classroom. We're carrying $2,000 for butterfly and bird houses as they are an educational tool, again, as the allowance, until we reach the next level of design. Um, many studies have shown that the health, physical, emotional, and mental, and educational benefits of teaching outside. A simple Google search will lead you to a plethora of research. There is very. This is very common these days at the elementary school level. These outdoor classrooms have been an even bigger fo- focus since COVID. Schools that do not that do have them have used them far more than pre-COVID, and in my mind, cutting that them to save, in order of magnitude, um, $60,000 on an $82 million school designed to last 50 years is short-sighted, but that's a value judgment, admittedly. Um, I would encourage anyone who is interested in learning more about how they would be used to consult Steve Grenham or the teachers, so I would wholeheartedly disagree that they do not provide an educational benefit. And just to repeat, I'm quoting uh, Mike Quinlan. Um, And then... For the rain gardens, is that still part of this answer? Well, that, or is that um, different or is that the next well, question? To, well
4: yeah, I think that's next down, but he says um Wheelock requires additional, she said Wheelock requires additional infrastructure. No, actually, I missed, I missed this nine. No, we classrooms missed classrooms are designed at 900 Yeah, the square
0: feet one, versus yeah.
4: Versus an MSBA minimum of 850. Right. Um that
3: one. That's on like page 10.
4: Yeah. So under, um, so, the, so her comment was that the, uh, the classrooms are designed at 900, but the MSBA minimum is 850. And uh, uh, I believe the reference, the answer is a reference to the uh, Commonwealth of Mass Regulation 963 2.06, Table 4, where it shows that the, uh, the net square feet minimum is 900 square feet. No, the table uh, has the 900, and uh, he said that the minimum that she cited was for a middle or high school. So, um, let's see, the next one was oh, the auditorium, gym, and cafeteria. Oh, I'm skipping oh, that. you skip.
0: So the, the next one is how about this? How about I'll read the question and you read the answer? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, right. So the next question was: Wheelock requires additional infrastructure costs, water and sewer that just are not required at the Dale site.
4: Yeah. And that one is so. Uh, responses is by Quinlan. I continue to see this being posted. I wish someone could explain how there are no costs for water and sewer at Dale. Gary Potts continues to post online that there is, there are $11 million in site costs that wouldn't be required at Dale. This is widely inaccurate at best. I've noted multiple times in public meetings when we were evaluating the two sites, the differences that led to the Wheelock being more expensive than a new school at Dale. And those differences are the water line, which is $900,000. Uh, if the water line on Elm is too small for the water, we would need for fire protection it requires us to replace a little less than a mile of pipe to go from six to eight inches and then the next one is wheelock site improvements approximately two million we could build a new school at wheelock without addressing existing parking paving drop off at wheelock but that would be short-sighted first off it needs replacement but also it has no stormwater runoff system we're addressing the capital maintenance issue that the town will be on the hook for at some point as that paving continues to degrade and it just doesn't make sense to ignore it while we may be building a new school adjacent to it. This has the added benefit of helping to improve the stormwater runoff by bringing that area up to codes and design standards, which were far superior to the 1970s.
0: So the next, um, her next sentence is, the auditorium, gym, and cafeteria are all larger than what is required. World-class music rooms. Again, it's fourth and fifth grade. Do we really need world-class facilities? This also leaves us open to maintenance costs at Dale Street.
4: And the response uh, from uh, my Quinlan is, we don't have an auditorium. So I don't know where she got that from. The gym is larger than the minimum by a couple thousand square feet. And the stage in the cafeteria is a couple hundred square feet larger than the minimum. I don't understand the world-class music room statement. There's nothing world-class about this project. Our music rooms are pretty standard to what's being built today. There's been a lot of people questioning being over the minimum square feet the MSBA would require. We are less than 4,000 square feet from the minimum. As a frame of reference, my Ashland project is 12,000 square feet larger than the minimum. Our Wellesley project is over 19,000 square feet. Our Westwood project is over by 30,000 and then one we finished in millis was ten thousand square feet over the middle You won't find many in any projects that are as close to the minimum as we are in medfield
5: so just a comment like mean it's really, i think that in fairness um like in the answers you know, we don't have an auditorium period right i don't think we want to put in i don't know where she gets that from i don't think we need to make reference to those things i think it's no, no, they, no, these
0: were just straight quotes. We asked Mike Quinlan for an answer. Yeah. These aren't
3: our answers. These are his answers that have from his response. Right. And we didn't rewrite
5: them. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I, I, do, I don't disagree you with, with you. From the Committee
0: <laughs> well, I put at the top of the below answers are additional answers provided by Mike Quinlan. Okay. So that was, yeah. I didn't want to edit anybody's answers to the emails which is why like people's emails they sent us are verbatim and then if we forwarded this and asked for mike to respond i didn't edit his
5: but either. has he responded already or is it, yes or he, he is did the the, these oh. these are what his i response. just read it oh, okay so it's different from so some yeah. of these have not responded to and some of them
0: he sent us the response to include here yeah
4: but these haven't been sent out to to Renee, if that's your question. The answer is that we just went over. His His answers have not gone up. Yet. Right.
0: That is correct. So what happened with Renee sent this in and then she had so many questions that we forwarded the email to Mike Quinlan and asked him if he could point us in the direction of responses. These ones that um, were just read, this was his email back to us to those and so what he did was he broke it up kind of by sentence and then he wrote his responses so you're correct those statements are not from us as a warrant committee they are from mike and his responses
5: They're basically mike's answers to us
0: yes but he 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 said he he, he
5: wouldn't say to her i don't know where she got that
0: Yeah, I'm just to be Yes. Clear, no, yeah. So. No, that's yeah true. I, yes. Not... He, he said that these would be helpful in us helping to respond to her.
5: Yes.
0: yes. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So the next one is um, the arguments about going to a two school system really doesn't play into this either. The MSB requirement is for 575 kids, whether built at Dale or Elm. We're still building it. Dale does not prohibit that from happening in the future. Adding the memorial after a number of years then puts the kids all on one campus. I really don't understand that particular argument for own um, at all.
4: I and think I he, think he said that um, he, he, he didn't understand, he wasn't following the question, I guess. Because he said there is no option to go to two schools right. or to have all our elementary schools on the Dale Memorial site.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. That's
0: Mike speaking. That is Mike speaking again. Um, the And then she has some questions on the comparisons. And so she talked about Ab- Abington built two schools, a middle high school campus that houses grades 5 through 12, and plus pre-K housing, approximately 1,200 plus kids. That school opened in 2017 for a cost of $96 million, spending $82 million for two grades on one building seems um, absolutely unacceptable to us taxpayers. I understand costs have increased, but I cannot resolve the two in my head.
4: Um, yeah, and he said, um, "Again, this is my. Uh, he thinks there's some some, some some things there that need to be corrected. Um, Abington did not build two schools; they built a single school to house their middle school, high school grades five through 12. Looking at costs, it should be compared." from time of bid, not when it opened. Abington was bid in 15. We are pricing our project in 2022 dollars because that's when we will bid. That's a seven-year difference. They did build it for 96 million, and the cost per square foot for that project was a little below average for that time. Obviously, construction prices have increased significantly since then. It's also hard to compare elementary school to a middle school, high school. I have plenty of recent elementary school data to compare. That gives that you know I mean it goes, and I think the last thing he he said is um, Westwood and Ashland are particularly relevant uh, you know schools to look at. He said that uh, Westwood is five hundred sixty students, eighty-seven million total. Product. I mean these are all in that spreadsheet, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to walk through them. Um, that's it it for that question that's it
0: for that email and then she did send another renee Howley at Harding street sent another email on the third um and so this one was she said she watched the meeting with the pack and we're assuming based on that date that she means the um for our kids for our school pack because we had not had the dale meeting yet um it says that also raised another alarming point that the outreach was going to be targeted at the P- PTO New in Town and groups like that. She seems that it is, that is an exclusive population um, geared towards kids with direct benefits from school. What about the council on aging? What about um, folks that aren't on Facebook? Um, so there was community outreach. And so I was, I was a little bit confused on this as to whether or not, because I do think at the end of the PAC discussion, they talked about places that they were going to go, but there was also talk on the 31st um, of where the SBC was going to go on their community roadshow. So, um,
4: yeah, I think on the the PAC, you know, she does say she watched the PAC PAC, meeting, so I'm assuming that she's referring to that end discussion where the PAC said they were going to, do some outreach, um, but again, they're a political action committee. They can I mean, they can do, do what it. they want. It's not really, it's different than the SBC, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: So. Right, and so, um, so part of the answer is, is that from an SBC, SBC perspective, we knew that they've already done meetings at the Lions Club and the high school PTO. Um, and then as of the list I received yesterday, from um anime and mike um they are have they're going this week to new in town next week to mcpe council on aging um and then the memorial pto um they did reach out to memo to ho- ask if they could hold a forum with memo but memo declined to allow them to host it so um i know so that one is not happening um they are still trying to schedule ones with um at Park and Rec um, with the CPAC group, and also with the Medfield Public Library, and that they plan to do a a final all-community forum on the 28th of October in the High School Auditorium. Um, And then, let's see. So she then makes um, makes a comment that, uh, Dr. Marsden uses the school email list and she does not think that, she thinks that's a blatant misuse of a communication tool. Um, And then then she asks whether or not there are going to be any mailings happening um, in regards to this. And so for that, I know that discussions are ongoing um, as to how exactly that's going to happen because for a special town meeting, they don't have to do that. But I do think that there's, a desire by at least some of the selectmen and scott and they'll have to figure out how we're necessarily going to do a mailing um my recollection is from the last special town meeting i think it was just a handout as you went in i think the problem is is that when they call it two weeks before whether or not they can get it out but um yeah i my guess my answer is i don't have an answer to that yet because nobody has said what they're going to do yet
5: yeah. But it isn't what we're doing, so
0: response to that? Yes, and well, and, and that's part of what I had put in here is that you know, all of our minutes and things like that are available at the warrant committee meeting. So, if there are, are people that don't have access to be able to watch the videos, that's why we're doing the minutes as well. So, um, and then I didn't add this here, but I'll just add that we're doing the warrant hearing on the 26th to be able to hear from everyone and all of us uh-huh. too. So I suppose I can toss that in there.
4: I'm um, me to do this one? Yeah, sure. So on uh, September 3rd, Steve Casky from 5 Delaware Road uh, submitted a question, uh, with a number, number of questions. Uh, uh, so I, I think a major question that's been asked a bunch is what happens to Dale if it ends up at Wheelock if it's too old and decrepit for our school children why would it be okay for parks and rec to use for our children um you know i think that was covered at the, the dale uh, meeting on the 23rd uh he also had a question if they take it over and need serious upgrades where will the park and rec get the money from uh I recall Rec was looking for a brand new building uh, you know there's a lot of questions on cost of the park and rec uh in renovating dale and you know that we had that meeting on the 23rd the estimated cost and the budget um uh we're still you know the cost of all that work we're still working mm-hmm. on and, and that's supposed to be ready by the next meeting on the 14th um and then um his last question is um, What's the total cost of Wheelock? I've heard multiple numbers and add ins. I thought I heard Wheelock campus will also receive repairs. If the school is placed there, what will those repairs encompass? Um, and so here we just refer him to the, the meeting on the 22nd, the community forum that the SBC held, with, um, specifically on costs. Again, this was sent in on the third, so that, you know he didn't have that information. But it's all in that community forum. Uh, and then the uh, the same answer on the Wheelock site improvements that um, we just went over with Renee uh, on the two million dollars is, is also there that Mike Quinlan provided. Um, and then uh he has a question on why does the dale street group have a PAC and who are the donors um so our answer is that the, the keep dale dale coalition PAC is opposing an anticipated proposed article that will come before the town meeting they have filed organization documents with the town clerk and will be required to file finance forms disclosing the donors and expenditures Eight days before a special town meeting, and thirty days after the election, and at that point, the it, whoever the, the donors are will become public information. So.
1: Can I just address that? particular one? A- yeah. yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, first of all, the De Dale, Dale Coalition is not a pack. We are a municipal ballot right. question committee, and there's a distinct difference mm-hmm. between that in the the local finance office with that. Um, so that's just one factual correction mm-hmm. and then uh the filing eight days is before the ballot election and it's we don't have to file before the special time meeting so the, the eight-day requirement is before the
0: ballot oh, before the ballot yeah. okay so we can correct that
5: which is the date of the special meeting? No.
1: no
0: no it's like
1: a week after i think 15, what she's talking
5: 15, about 15, is that no it would be 15, on the yeah.
0: one on the 15th the actual one that happens at the council on aging the, right am i correct yes. Chris? that's what yeah. you meant
5: yeah. It's eight days before that? Yes. 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 Which is the
0: seventh. Oh, is that what you're connecting the two? Oh, it's business days, I think.
1: Uh, well, I'm just saying that the, the requirement, the, the filing requirement is eight days before the ballot election
5: which versus is the, how it's which written. Which is the, the 15th is a ballot. Right. I know I'm before. just talking about how it's written. In I understand. I'm just trying to understand that. I'm putting it into the context of the meeting. The ballot is on the 15th. Right. Eight days before the 15th is the seventh.
4: Sure. Yeah, so the the day of the election it right. would be now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, and day the day election. of the special town meeting would be too. I'm sorry, the date like, of the special yes. town meeting would be problem. To then, yeah, right. Just, okay. No, it's just a Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just fine, I'm
1: just
2: trying to get clarity. I appreciate No, I no I'm just okay. I'm just
1: reading the, the way that this was answered just to make sure that it was clear that the legal requirement is the filing is eight
0: days before the, the ballot election. Right. Gotcha. We'll make we'll make that we'll change. Make,
4: we'll make like that for change. Yeah. So then his last um, question uh, was, I am on the safety committee with the DPW director and the police chief. We spoke briefly about what the traffic situation at Wheelock would look like after soccer games, the neighborhood is stacked with cars and the stop sign back to the school. Is there a plan to address this traffic issue? Have the neighbors been polled? I would be curious on this. Side. So the answer is yes, they get neighborhood feedback and mitigation, you know, was presented to uh, and discussed at the SBC meeting on the 24th. And before the date, uh, two community forums uh, and traffic questionnaires were done, and you can uh, the both the forum and the questionnaire are on the website, our website, and the traffic links that are part of the project are also in the, uh, on the website. So, and then the forum, the community forum on the th- 13th also talked about traffic. So. So I think, what you uh, yeah, I was gonna
0: say, I think
1: Tom. that's the end of, yeah.
0: So the next one is Tom Ramlow at One Maryland Road. Um, and this was from September 4th. And so he has a, a few questions here. So the first one is um, the Wheelock campus site idea has the often noted multiple advantages of closeness of the two to five grades and overall space that the Dale Memorial site lacks. However, if the November override falls short of two thirds, what happens in in 120 days to the $18 million MSBA grant? um, Is there any guarantee we'll get it all back next time or can the MSBA equally just reject a new submission? um these all seem to be related to the same yeah i mean in in essence i think tom is asking what happens if it passes and what happens if it fails and we covered that several times um and so the answer is we can't predict the future but if you would like to listen to all that we talked about it on august 31st um we also talked about it on september 23rd um and then I have, oh, and then I also have it listed here September 8th and September 29th. And I think the reason why I listed that was because in the reference, um, in his first sentence, he said it has advantages of the two through five. So I deemed that as also asking about the educational plan, which is why I listed the 8th and the 29th. Um, and then he just says, have you ever... Have you considered MSB's past ten history of long delays with the majority of fail votes, new construction, um, and so again, we covered that in the thirty-first and the twenty-third. So, um, do I do the next one?
4: Yeah, uh, Tom Powers on the September seventh at twenty-four Elm Street. Just watching out video regarding the proposed school project. I had another point to bring up. There was a discussion of how basketball courts, which appear to not be for third and fourth graders are much in need in Medfield, And then we have kids today who have to go to Wellesley to practice uh, the indignity of it all. 10 years ago, my kids drove to Wellesley to practice back in the day and survived. It's actually very safe there. They practice at Dana Hall. The school project is not a park and rec project. My kids also played pickup at the police station in the high school. These courts are free with no rental costs. and then um, I would suggest that the warrant committee ask why the school building committee feels it was tasked with the ta- with the with asking the taxpayers to solve any directly basketball court shortage. There have been several private developer proposals over the years that seem to improve courts that for whatever reason didn't happen. I believe many taxpayers will, when educated, will not feel that is an appropriate and necessary cost to bear, given that the courts appear to be purposely being built for other uses than third and fourth graders. So um, uh, the discussion on, you know, the answer on this was this was talked about um, on the sides of the gym and the basketball courts with the SBC on the 31st of August and it was also covered during the uh, school committee meeting on September 8th. So both of those uh, video replays cover that question of basketball courts. Um, then he has a question on um, the field. The same applies to turf fields. Mr. Marshall seems to be suggesting are necessary, uh, and so I think we we covered that. That's the same response. It's basically there are no turf fields in the project as proposed. Um, there's only grass, and the statistics on on the different fields and the costs are in that answer that we we talked about earlier. Um, And then his last question deals with, um, I just discovered it appears we may be setting two records. 41 million per grade appears to be a record for not small towns, but any town. The proposal clocks in at well over 200,000 per student. With our enrollment figures of 375. He said 375 students on day one. Uh, No town is even close, uh, according to the MSBA figures. So that I just refer to the. THE ANALYSIS THAT WE JUST they WENT just ON across. The um THEN HE HAS, um, uh, THE GROUP HAS PRESENTED A NUMBER OF SESSIONS HELD OUT as HOW THEY HAVE BEEN PROMOTING OPEN DIALOGUE. I INCLUDE SOME SCREENSHOTS OF WHAT IT FEELS LIKE ON THE OTHER END OF THEIR CALLS. I THINK WHEN HE SAYS THE GROUP, HE MEANS THE SPC. It, IT HAS ALSO CONTRIBUTED TO THE FRUSTRATION OF MANY AND THE PERCEPTION THAT SOMETHING WORTH $82 ought to BE HANDLED DIFFERENTLY. Um, in addition, he goes
0: on to the my
4: previous suggestion. I would request the warrant committee to ask again again. He talks about the cost um, and the metrics, the school grade cost. Um, so it's the same same issue he's BRINGING up, and it's the same, same analysis that we've done. Um, and um then he has a question about an open meeting law complaint. Um, and it appears the town was unable to share some building committee minutes for what I have heard is an extensive period. Some of this period supposedly covers a time when the proposed projects clearly would have been discussed. This was also supposedly prior to site selection, which we are led to believe just happened. Uh, it might cover a time period where it may be believed by some that the proposed site was predetermined and that the plan was always predetermined to move park and rec into the Dale Street School. Um, and this we you know we did talk about this um and the uh the, oh, there's a there's a number of different pieces of correspondence on this and that's that's on the website uh and then christine did cover it at our september 13th meeting so um and then his last question is about dale reuse and we just refer him to um that September 23rd meeting on the, uh, the Dale building.
0: Um, and then there's two more emails from Tom Powers, 24 Elm Street again on September 8th. Both of them have to do with water. Um, the first one is he asked for calculations performed by environmental partners um, in order to document its conclusion regarding the proposed relocation of the Dale Street uh, to the Wellhead Protection District. So that um, the answer was that um, so we received this from Michael and SBC um, environmental partners were not asked to evaluate calculations they were asked to evaluate our project relative to our bylaws and determine whether it would be permitted calculations for stormwater aren't completed until later in the design process and are submitted to necessary permitting agencies and so um, the environmental partners consultant who wrote that letter is coming on the 12th of October. So we would suggest that um, Tom listen to that one. And then also on the 8th, he sent another email asking about the oil spill again, and um, whether or not the town should engage in some soil testing prior to construction. So the answer for that is uh, we talked about the oil spill again on the 31st, And then there is plan to do additional soil testing at the Wheelock site prior to construction. The proposed schematic design budget includes a line-by-line amount of $225,000 for testing services. And there's another schematic design budget line item for soil disposal, $100,000 for that, for contaminated soil allowance in the event that it is needed. So I guess the answer is soil testing will happen later as part of the project. and then, again, we talk about the meeting. Um, you want,
3: you want oh, yeah, I'll just do this next person. one. Yeah.
0: So then, um, as I had mentioned, I had put in one of the questions. So there was a conversation with Steve Gannum from One Cross Street um, at the Dale at Dale meeting we held on the 9th, where Steve was talking to us about um, the sidewalk issue around the Wheelock site and then... I had also mentioned that we should, if we're going to look at the Wheelock site sidewalks, we should look at the Dale site sidewalks. So um, I'm still working on that. So we'll have that for the next meeting on the 14th.
4: And then uh, Christian Donner, 92 Green Street, sent in a, a, a number of questions on September 9th, which these were ones that he asked at the at the actual morning session that we had with them. And we asked them to put them in, in an email and send them to us. So we did that. Um, so the first question is uh, the general process question. Instead of a due diligence process after the fact, we spent a million already on planning. Could we be doing a cost due diligence up front instead of budget cap going into larger building projects? And I'm going to combine this one with the. Uh, his last question which would it make sense to have estimates independently reviewed by an expert who's not paid by the project or working for the sbc so uh so to thank Kristen for his comment but the the uh, the msba process establishes certain steps and phases that are required to be followed. one of those steps is to accomplish a feasibility study as part of the feasibility study, the MSBA requires cost estimates to be done by two independent cost estimating firms. In our case, it's Fogarty and PMC, and these two estimators must reconcile their estimates and explain any differences. The costs related to town building projects uh, in general are ultimately subject to review by the permanent building committee, or in this case, the school building committee, the board of selectmen, the warrant committee, and ultimately approval by residents at the special town meeting. And his next question was on the Newton Ainger School that opened in uh, in the early two, I guess, like five six years ago, um, and uh, he has questions around the costs and the square footage, and you know, um, you know. Uh, Wanting to compare that to what, what's going on with Medfield. And so we understand our answer we put together, the understanding Newton Age School was approved by the MSBA board in October 2013 and started construction in 2014. And then we refer him to the uh, the cost analysis that we have done on school school data points.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: All right. Um, And uh, the next question he had was on soft costs, basically, a number of questions here. Um, So he he focused in on the security system and he wanted to know, are these cost uh, line items, are they for installed or material only? And he listed out um, three or four different categories of costs for, you know, 360-degree uh, cameras, 180-degree dome cameras, a Samsung video monitor, you know, uh, uh, enhanced security system, and then uh, racks with head-end equipment. And he, he thought they were high. Um, so on the security system, uh, we did inquire about that. Uh, so all all cost estimates are are installed. The Fogerty estimates, which he he. He asked the question about, um, the, they totaled up to about 381000 and if that Fogarty number was reconciled to another independent estimate from PMC, and the PMC estimate was the one that was used in the final budget submission to the MSBA. It, and what I, I didn't realize, I found this out, the details about the security system are restricted due to the sensitive nature of the building being a public school. Um the details of the schematic design security system that was prepared by Pamela Perini Consulting is marked as confidential. So we couldn't even see the details if we wanted to. Yeah. Because it, it makes sense it's a the school, they don't want anyone to know how to de- break into yeah. them. Well, with all of okay. the shootings <laughs> that have happened around the <laughs> yeah. country and stuff like that. So um So anyway, but we do have the categories and I've listed those out here uh, for uh, the different categories of the security system. And you can see there's like the head end, the card access system, there's an intrusion system uh, and a video management system and a closed circuit TV surveillance system, which I guess is proprietary. And then there's, they also integrate this with the district wide system, there's cost for that. Any? Just yeah. a comment.
5: Yeah. Well, I guess I mean, I interrupted. The comment that says you know that should be reviewed by an expert who's not paid by the project or working for the SBC. I think as a member of the Warren committee, I would like to highlight the fact that we have three experts who are who, who are engaged in the business mm-hmm. of building schools in the SBC. You know, I think from a practical perspective of this is not. Just a bunch of people sitting around figuring out costs. These are we. I, mean, I think that's a benefit of the school building committee. We do have three people who are experts in their field. Yeah,
4: I don't do that to the rest of the people. That comment <laughs> that well, we could add us. <laughs> we could add a sentence on that. It's a good point. The, 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 the those
2: we have experts, That's, right? that's mm-hmm. very important. Tom, Mike, who's the uh, third? Is it like Mike Weber or Tim? no? Wait, no, it's no, Mike. Tim, Mike
5: And was Tim? And
2: Mike Quinlan. Mike Quinlan,
5: and then uh, Tim. I'm, I'm sorry. Losing uh, Weber. Uh, well, wow. it's a man who he works for the construction. Construction. construction.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Yeah. We're having a senior moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we can we can get that. But I know. I think. Mr. Weber well, this is in the electrical.
0: He's in the electrical. So yes, he yes. would have expertise Three on the cost of the in so, yeah. building schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, OK, um, so then uh, the next question was on, I guess he called it excluded costs, IT equipment costs. He said IT equipment costs is excluded from estimates. Will there be additional expenditures for equipment, in particular IT equipment like desktop computers? servers um, so I mean i I think he probably didn't see where it was in the, in the budget, but there is a uh, there's there it's in the soft cost area, so it's not up in the hard cost area, but there is a budget line item for technology in the amount of nine hundred and twenty thousand, and that we understand that the existing student computers for grades four and five are going to expire. Um, those, they're, they're scheduled to be replaced in 2024 when the building is scheduled to be completed. And so it made sense to put those in the budget um, because they will uh, get, you know, they'll get majority reimbursed by the MSBA. They, they do, right. they, they do reimburse for, for not all of it, but most of it. Um, and then there's no servers at the Dale building currently, and those servers are anticipated in the new building, um, the district has three servers district-wide, but none of them are at Dale.
0: All right. Um, so on um, September 10th, Tom Powers emailed um, again from 24 Elm Street. And then it this is a school comparison question, and it just says I would suggest that If this process is to be somewhat independent, then it would serve everyone to get their own figures from MSBA rather than the school committee. Um, And then he goes on to ask us to do that analysis, which Steve did um, and he already presented. And so that was on the 4th. And then the next one is September 10th, also from Kathleen Donahue at Seven Steeplechase Drive. And so Kathleen says, um, thank you for all your work, digging into the decision before our town with regards to a new elementary school. One question I have is in regards to the Medfield State Hospital space. Mm-hmm. In considering the cost of two taxpayers, if 300 plus homes are built out at the state hospital grounds, how would that offset the cost to existing taxpayers? It is a what if right now, but I think that that could potentially factor into the conversations just as the new park and rep building has i think the state hospital has a factor in school size if we had new students at the state hospital what effect would that have on enrollment um thanks again for pulling this together in an unbiased way and so if you want to read
2: that answer, yes that um, that answer?
4: so um in the 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 uh the state hospital has two two uh, proposals that we got only one one of them included uh, information uh, one of the two proposals received had a fiscal impact study included it was the Trinity proposal and that study uh, was based on uh, Trinity's proposed development of a 334 unit development and of those 334 units in this fiscal impact study they they had uh, 137 with two and three bedrooms which resulted in an estimate of um, additional school age children between 47 to 67. And uh, we just point her to the link of where the proposals are and where mm-hmm. she could get that information.
0: Okay. And then, um, unless anybody objects with me, I am still going to end us at nine. You're good with that?
5: Welcome, Kate.
0: Oh, there you go
5: <laughs> so
0: we have like eight more minutes so we'll get through a few and then we'll we'll do part two of this next week if that is okay with everyone is anybody gonna i'm sorry i no, stayed no, up no. and actually watched the patriots game until the end last night and no, as no, much good. as i you're enjoyed good. that it has hitting me hard pretty you're absolutely so, right. okay <laughs> I know. I need another piece of this OK, so the next group of questions are actually all things that were placed in the Q&A of our September 13th meeting because we had run over and didn't have a chance to address them. Um, a lot of these we actually already talked about, so um, I'm going to paraphrase um, a little bit just to be able to get a few in here. So, from Chris McKee Pods at 7 Curve Street, um, this is in regards to the open meeting law complaint that we talked about that night. And she wanted to point out that we are missing not only the ones from 2018, but also the 2017 um, PB pp and BC um, minutes, the Permanent Planning and Building Committee minutes, um, and that there were several feasibility studies, bylaw changes, and things like that going on. Um, and so again we have posted all of the correspondence about that complaint on our website um and then um also from chris Mickey plots at 7 curve street same same day um it says after the quad meeting in the spring of 2020 selectman peterson suggested having a non-binding town meeting vote on grade configuration and the other two selectmen agreed with him school projects and other districts have failed at town meeting in a large part because of site selection and in each instance the towns responded to the ms saying it will further engage the community on key decisions including site selection the next time around why are we repeating mistakes for the other towns there is nothing within the MSBA process that prohibits a town from voting on site selection. In that case, of other towns when the site has changed the vote passed, MSBA has said it plays no role in site selection. So the answer is um, the meeting you reference is on April 7th, 2020, um, in case anybody would like to watch it themselves. Pete's question is around two hours and 15 minutes in. His question, um, as you said, was not about site selection. His question was about whether or not it should be a 345 school or a 45 school. Um, This meeting was not about site selection, to your um, point that the three selectmen agreed. Um, If you listened to the meeting, Gus stated it wasn't possible to get that on the upcoming warrant and Mike disagreed as well. Mike Pastore, who was the current chair of the Warrant Committee also disagreed. Um, And Mike Quinlan stated that he would have to run this type of vote by the msba's it's not standard for the projects that have been seen um, and then another from chris mickey potts at Southern Curve street same um, same date in the q a it says please be sure to include this fact in your records the midfield school committee never discussed the educational benefits of the two sites being considered prior to sbc voting the school committee never voted to put forth a recommendation to the DLSBC um, on a specific site based on educational attributes, agendas, and minutes will confirm this. At the end of the day, school committee has responsibility for the construction and location of a new school on its property. And it should have absolutely weighed in on the educational pros and cons to help guide the SBC last fall when some SBC members were expected to evaluate ed benefits, even though they had zero educational experience. Um, So for an answer, we have the fact that the school committee didn't vote on site selection is covered during the Warrant Committee meetings on September 8th with the school committee and with the SBC on August 31st. Um, Please refer to those video replays. Um, The educational program and grade configuration are under the purview of the school committee. The site selection is under the purview of the school building committee, which has school committee representation on it. Um, Yeah, sure, go for it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one is from Chris McHugh at 7 Curve Street on September 13th. Um, Do you have factual documentation per Dale Dale SBC chair, school building committee chair? He said, "We we did not study demolition of Dale because the community was not in favor of it. How does Dale SBC know that? Where is the hard data documenting the variety of community views on preservation of Dale? In all the years as a Metro resident, I do not remember a community survey asking whether or not they wanted to preserve the Dale Street School. So I think uh, our response on this one is that um, I don't think it was a specific question in the survey. There were a number of comments uh, in the survey. wanting to preserve the, the numerous comments, wanting to preserve the Dale as part of the survey. Um, And then members of the SBC also stated that they request, that the request to keep the historic parts of the building came up at their community forums. And those forums are listed on their website. And then there's also uh, public information on testimonials on the Dale at Dale website. That refer to preservation of the historic building. Uh, and the cost of the demolition of Dale was calculated and it's part of a forum on June 13, 2021. It's in the materials. Next question is um, it's from Chris McHugh. It's important to note that when Parks and Rec released its feasibility study result in January 2020, it called for a new basketball court with the rationale the town was short of courts. However, since that time, Kingsbury Club has built two basketball courts. The old market analysis for town court needs is likely outdated by now, especially because of pandemic too. If a basketball court will be built in the new elementary school, given the presence of Kingsbury courts now, wouldn't it make sense to find a way to have a shared facility between the school and park and rec versus each entity building expensive courts? Uh, so the uh, this issue with the Dale and, and Dale building, the history of park and rec building projects was covered by the Warren Committee at its September 23rd meeting. Uh, the discussion of sharing a building between the schools and park and rec, as well as the size of the gym and the basketball courts, was discussed with the SBC on August 31st. And it was also covered during the Warrant Committee meeting with the school committee on September 8th
0: okay and then i think we'll do page 25 and then call it a night how's that mm-hmm.
1: so for anybody whether it's me or somebody else who may not agree with the interpretation of the question that was asked what would you prefer
0: i'd prefer for you um you just send an email to okay. the warrant committee That's at medfield.net okay. that'd be great, great. okay um and so so the next one on uh, so on page 25, it's uh, Chris Christmas Plot, 7 Curve Street. Um, and this one has to do with water. And it suggests that we read the Moody's bond rating um, and the reference to the 427 water stress. Um, both of those documents were posted to the Warrant Committee uh, website in the last one. So everyone can feel free to read those. Um, and then another one from... Chris Potts again. This one has to do with the reuse of Dale. Um, it was stated to the MSB A in writing that a town committee would be created that would make the decision. When the feasibility study for Park and Rec was discussed by the Selectmen in 2018, it was stated that the Park and Rec facility should be self-funded. Um, selectmen are on record saying that it it was their original expectation that the Master Planning Committee would be making the Dale reuse decision. Um, It is wrong for an automatic assumption to be made that park and rec would move into Dale, like site selection, this should be pushed on residents without sufficient community input. Um, And so we held a whole session on this on the 23rd that covered all of that. Um, And it goes through the entire process. There's also a legal opinion that was written that talks about the transfer process that's also on our website. and the process um, is actually not decided by the master planning committee. Um, the process is laid out in detail. It's a multi-step process that involves the school committee and a, as well as a town meeting vote. And I think the last one we'll do tonight is um, Jerry Potts um, from 7 Curve Street um, on September 13th. Uh, he wrote the SBC said that both schools would be excellent. The teachers were not involved before the site selection. Dr. Marsden was clear about that at town meeting. Um, have they been deeply they have been deeply involved since the selection, um, which they would have also if it was Dale. So the answer to that is the involvement of the teachers and how both be- fits the educational plan were discussed by the warrant committee meeting on September 8th and the 29th. And the reference to um, Dr. Marsden speaking at town meeting, um, that video is available on the um, Medfield TV website has the town meeting. Um, the question that was asked of Dr. Marsden appears at about uh, three three hours and 48 minutes in. Um, and so people can hear the question um, and the answer. The question asked whether or not the educational subcommittee met, and his answer was that it did not, but then went on to say that the teachers did work with the design team over several meetings. Um, in the conversation we held on the 29th, the teachers Teachers detailed their involvement in visioning sessions with Arrow Street. Um, so given the answers to both of those, we think that they are two different things, that there was a subcommittee. And then there were also these other working sessions, um, given the different answers. So with that being said, um, it's That's 9.03. We
4: should mark where we stopped. Yeah, we should, <laughs>
0: yes, so we stopped. Page
3: 26. Page 26. Yes. 65 yeah. okay
0: <laughs> well i was going to say uh, we did get a late start we will start at seven the next time and some of these next ones that have very long questions that we're preparing analysis for anyway so hopefully we won't take as long the next time so um, so as I said, if anybody has any comments or questions about what we read or anything that um, is brought up as further questions, please send it to the warrant committee at medfield.net and, um, we'll make sure we get those covered on the 14th. Um, so we'll meet again on the 12th for the water meeting. That's a subcommittee meeting. So, um, if you can come great, if you can't, that's fine. Then we'll all meet on the 14th and then. We can talk about this on the 14th, but I'm a little inclined on the 14th to stay until we finish because I think that we all deserve a week off and not a meeting the next week. Amen to that. So I think that that's what we'll we'll try to do. So I think
3: we well. You noted that uh, the deadline for new questions to be uh, is uh, yeah right. It will be on
0: Thursday, and so looking at my calendar, that would be by end of day on October seventh. So okay. Um, do you want to make your favorite motion okay all right jeremy yes yes yes
3: yes yes Yes. Yes.
0: jill would you like to vote Yes. yes all right we are adjourned thank you everybody